Will you stand with us? Let's welcome the Lord into this place tonight. Are you happy to be in his house? Lord, we thank you so much, God, for your faithfulness and for your love. Lord, we're here tonight to honor you. And I pray, Lord, that your name is lifted up and you are honored. Jesus, we love you and we glorify you.
Amen. Amen. That was the quickest ending to a song I've ever heard in my whole life. Hallelujah. Anyhow, we are excited. We're here tonight to have church, and it's wonderful. We're going to start out tonight with prayer. Really quick prayer. We want God to have his way in the service tonight, and we want to pray for our pastor. He was just in a small, uh, just in a small car wreck. He's okay, and uh, I'm sure if there's any way humanly possible, he will be here any minute, but uh, he is out taking care of business right now, so he'll be here in just a little bit. So we're going to pray for him in that situation that everything will be okay. And like I said, he called us and said, hey, I'm perfectly fine, but this is what's happened. So I want you to know that, and we're going to ask God to take care of him, and we're going to ask him to be with us. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we honor you and thank you, Lord, for your hand that was on our pastor. God, just like he preached this morning about how real and how awesome you are, Lord, we see it for ourselves. We know it for ourselves. God, we, we know that you were right in the middle of that situation with the car wreck, Lord, that you were there, kept your hand on them. Lord, we thank you for doing that. Thank you for taking care of him and Steve and God, the work that you did right there. I just pray that you would turn that situation into the best that it could be. Let there be no other effects and nothing else go wrong with that. But God, just let your hand and your word be with him, Lord, and turn it completely to a testimony that would honor you. And God, we've come here tonight in the house to lift you up, to honor you, to praise you, and to hear, Lord, your heart, to touch our heart. And Lord, that your work will be done, Lord. We just honor you and thank you, and we dedicate this service and this time, Lord, absolutely to you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, welcome to Sunday Night Church. We're going to get out in the aisles right now. We're going to welcome each other to the house of God.
is holy. Anybody believe the Lord is holy? We think about that word. We worship to that word. That word, it just, if I could dumb it down to, to my understanding, which is pretty dumb, that word means perfect. It means perfect. It means righteous. That means God doesn't do wrong ever. He's right. He's right. He's right. I think about God and how he's right and he's just and he's righteous, but yet he's merciful. He's merciful. I don't know about you, but I stand here a man that was given another chance. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm thankful for another chance. I'm thankful for God's mercy. I'm thankful in the midst of his, his justness and his righteousness. He looked down on me and he said, that one is mine. And he reached down and touched my life. So what I'm going to do tonight and we're going to do is we're going to reach into other people's lives, right? We're going to extend the same mercy we've received to others. We're going to give that same next chance, another chance uh, to other people as God has given us that second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance tonight. I'm thankful for that. Would you do something for me right before we're seated and with all of our heart? Can we worship the Lord for just a second? Tyler's going to play. Can we lift our hands and just embrace God's presence and just let him speak to us and minister to us and let him settle in on our praise tonight with his holy presence, his perfect presence that breaks yokes, that brings joy, that undo, undoes, or it, it causes strongholds to be undone tonight in his presence. Thinking that needs to change can be dissolved tonight in his glorious presence and forgiveness can be received and forgiveness can be given in his presence tonight. God, we worship you. We praise you. We lift up our hands and we bend, the, uh, bow our knees. God, we extend our hearts. God, worship God to you. We're so thankful. I think up there in the choir, we don't even know what you did to protect our pastor on the way here. God, we don't even see it right now that you protected him and Steve and the other driver and you brought him here. God, we know that all things work together for good and we pray praise you, God, that you're sovereign. We praise you that you're good. And we praise you that you are holy tonight and merciful. We thank you for that. We embrace it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you, before you're seated tonight, you believe that, you, that God has plans for tonight, I want you to clap your hands tonight and give God praise. You're here for a reason. And that reason is Jesus tonight. You can be seated. We're going to give you an opportunity tonight. We're going to join together, not just give you an opportunity, but all of us tonight, we're going to join together in worshiping the Lord with our giving. And we say this all the time, that we believe that, that tithing is, a, is an obedient thing according to Scripture. Lots of people 
want to say, well, I don't have to do that, and that, that's, that's fine if that's the decision that, that you come to, but I'm just going to tell you, I've tithed since I got saved, and I've not regretted one second, not one minute. I've never went one day begging for bread or in need. Every need has been met. When I had $5, I served the Lord that has everything, and He made that $5 extend to whatever it is that I needed, and sometimes even wanted, because He does give us the desires of our heart, right, when we delight ourselves in Him seek his kingdom and his righteousness first i'm thankful for the opportunity to give and i pray as we give offerings tonight and our tithe i say this every time but as i hold that offering in my hand twenty dollars sometimes fifty cents if i have it in my pocket lord let this represent souls let this represent lives that can be touched through our church and through the ministries of our church as i give it i give it not begrudgingly but thankfully tonight. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the church. We thank you for your body. We thank you for the opportunity to be a witness. We thank you for the opportunity to be the light in this dark world, God, as you shine your light in us. God, let it reflect to the world through us. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
they were coming back from it was dangerous but what they did was they gave thanks for what they needed 
They gave thanks for what they needed. They needed mercy. So they gave thanks for it up front. So they went into battle saying, thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. So if you have a need tonight, all you have to do is thank him for what you need. Can you do that right now? I want you to thank him. Lord, thank you for my healing. Thank you for my deliverance. Thank you for saving my family. Thank you, God, for the job. Thank you, Lord, for my finances. Lord, thank you. We give thanks tonight because we know that you are mighty. We know that you are powerful. And we thank you, Lord. We go into battle with praise. Your power has praise. Your praise is a weapon. Jehoshaphat knew something about praise. And so did Paul and Silas. Do you get what I'm saying? They went in with praise. And tonight, on this song, we want to go in with praise. Are you ready to go in with praise tonight? Bless the Lord, oh mighty ones. Bless the Lord, you heavenly hosts. Bless the Lord, all you his angels. Let all the earth sing forth his praises. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on, come on and bless him. Come on and praise his name. Come on, come on and bless him. For the Lord delights in showing mercy. For the Lord delights in showing Oh, my dance is a weapon. My dance is a weapon. 
all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We just worship him. Just worship him tonight. Oh, he's so worthy. He's so worthy. God, you're worthy tonight. You're worthy tonight. We love you, Lord. We love you.
stand with me? Would everyone stand? Thank you. I don't know how we're going to do this. But you know, when we come into the house of the Lord, we're presented with an opportunity. An opportunity sometimes, you know, maybe before we got here it was some kind of chore or like, oh yeah, I have to go tonight, yeah. But tonight's an opportunity for us to get in the presence of God. We can sing the songs, kind of go through the, the motions. But tonight is an opportunity that we can push aside all the facade, all, all the different things that have been going on in our life, and we can reach out to a real, true, and alive God. And, and what's so wonderful about that is, it's incredible that we have that opportunity, but I'm here to tell you that there's a God that's reaching back, and He wants to touch your heart and to touch your life. We have the opportunity. So where I'm at and where my mind is, you know, I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you, you missed the first song, the second song. Maybe somebody was doing something around you and you just, you just didn't get into it. I want us to take another 60 seconds. And I just want to raise the roof off this place. And, and, and if you're not the, the hoop and hollering type, hey, that's cool. That doesn't matter. What matters is this guy right here. That heart that you have inside, if, if that's reaching out with everything you got, that's what matters. All right, here's the, our opportunity. The window is open again. God, we honor you. Let's raise the roof. God, we honor you. We bless you. God, we don't reach in a show. We don't reach as part of the program. But God, we reach from our hearts because we love you and we want to touch you. God, we want to bless you and honor you. Lord, we want to lift you up in this place. God, so that you'll come right down in the middle of who we are, that you will touch us. God, that you will be inside of us. Lord, that we'll walk away here touched and changed. And God, we'll be different. Lord, we honor you. We praise you and we thank you. Lord, we lift you up, Lord. And we bless you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we lift you up. We just ask that you would have your way in this house and in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, that this service would be everything you want it to be, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I feel good about things. You can be seated. Youth choir, thank you so much. Thank you so much. A couple of things. A couple of things I want to say. Youth choir, I want you to, Cameron, why don't you stand right there? Angie, why don't you stand there? Young people freeze for like two seconds. I just want you to know something. I want to give you another opportunity to, to officially, I know I kind of trailed over it, but I want to officially thank these young people, Angie and Cameron, for the wonderful work that they're doing as a youth group. You see the product of it right here. Let's appreciate them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much that you would lead us into the presence of the Lord. That's, a, that's an honor, and we appreciate that your heart's in a place where you can do that. Let's give it up for them one more time. I think the pastor's notes and stuff are still up here from this morning. I can preach twice. Anyhow, if uh, speaking of that, and I, uh, yeah, I've got two mics on here, Doug. Sorry about that. Uh, Something else that I want to say is, if the pastor shows up, of course, he's going to have 
uh, free reign on the mic privilege. So if we get five minutes into this and he shows up and he wants to share his testimony, boom, there we go. I'm sure after that we'll all pray and have a wonderful time and go out here. Uh, spiritually, so to speak, the message tonight, if I can say this, uh, several weeks back, the pastor asked me to preach tonight. We had some folks in from MIP this morning, and we had to do some different things. So he asked me to speak tonight, and uh, pretty much outside of that, that's the last time we spoke about it. But the, the Lord shared something with me and, and kind of spoke to me this week, and uh, that turns out that that's what I'm going to share tonight. And it, uh, in a family sense, is the little brother of the message that he preached, the pastor preached this morning. So if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. We're going to Psalm 86, verses 8 through 10. I believe this is New King James Version. And pardon, pardon me. I'm not trying to be blasphemous by looking at my phone, but if the pastor says something to me, I want to be able to be on, be on with him and be right on target. Psalm 86, verse 8, it says, There is none like unto you, among the gods. O Lord, neither are there works like unto yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and fall down before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great, and your work and you and work wonders, you alone are God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we honor you, Lord. We bless you once again for your showing up into this house and the work that you've already done. Thank you, Lord, that you are on, on the scene from the pastor's accident to here in our church. We just thank you that you're so wonderful and so faithful. Let me give you all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to start out tonight by talking about the heart. And I'm not a... I'm not a doctor, so forgive me if I don't have all the, the particular details. You can talk to Dr. Ray when we're done about the heart. <laughs> He's like frozen, like. The heart, the heart is, is the, the, the life giver inside of us. The heart is, is everything to us. When the heart stops, life stops. And I'm sure like, like me, you know folks that have went through issues after issues with their hearts. And sometimes in, in, in life, you know, thank God for, for uh, technology and, and discovery that we've gotten to a place where sometimes we can actually have a heart transplant where a heart can be taken from, from another live human being that's been in an accident or something like that and, and it can go into the heart of a person with a, with a damaged heart and it can kind of take root, so to speak, and, and take on a new life. And I did a little research, and uh, this is where all the details, you know, probably won't be exactly right, but I did a little bit of research, and uh, basically, when they get a donor heart, when there's been some kind of accident or something, there is a short window, four to six hours is, is what my research said, that in four to six hours, they have to get that heart into the, to the person that's going to receive it. Or things start to happen to the heart to where it's less likely to be usable. You have to put it in, in like a, a frozen state with certain chemicals and things around it that preserve it and keep it alive. 
and it's awesome. We've, uh, the first person that comes to my mind is Ron Carter. He was here this morning. You see him walking around, and he comes up here and gets prayer calls, and he's praying for people and loving people and sharing the gospel. And just a few months ago, he was up in Columbus on the heart transplant list, and he was waiting, and all of a sudden it came available, and you know, everything moves so quick. You've got to go now. We've got to get you ready now. You gotta, and they do all this work, and here he is a part of our congregation. If you, didn't, if you didn't know his story, you would walk right by him and think, oh, that guy's in great health. But it's amazing, the, the work that can be done inside of a heart. There's our physical heart. But then in another sense, there's a, a spiritual heart. There's a, a heart that's down inside of us that, it, that is our, our passion. It's what we love. It's, a, it's, what we, it's everything that we are. It's our life. Kind of, kind of connect the dots here a little bit. Have you ever put your heart into something? Just put your heart into it and put your heart into it and, you know, whatever it was, some kind of accomplishment, something that you were doing, and then it didn't work out. You put all your heart out there and then it fell flat. Has anybody ever done that? That's kind of like what it is to preach, if you ever wonder. <laughs> I'll just joke. I remember one time I was getting older. I'd go to my grandma's house, and my grandma had a porch with a railing around it. And over the railing, it was kind of like this. There would be a railing, and it dropped down. Well, as I got older and was getting into my teenage years, instead of taking the two stairs to get down, I was cool. I'd run and jump and push myself over the railing and jump over and land, you know, take a shortcut. That's, save those two seconds it took me to go that way instead of just going this way. And when, one time I did that, you know, kind of put my heart into it, so to speak, I did that, and I caught myself and fell on the ground, you know. And then you've probably done this. Have you ever stumbled or something? You know, you're walking along, and then you're like. Because <laughs> the first thing you, you want to know is, somebody, did somebody see me? Is there somebody watching? And that's just what I did. I fell off my grandma's porch and landed flat on my back, sprung up, and I'm like, look to the neighbor's house. Nobody saw me. But there's putting your heart putting your heart out there and putting, putting your heart into something. We all have a, a heart, so to speak, a spiritual heart. And the most awesome and wonderful thing is, is that, that God is able to reach in to our hearts, into a place that's preserved for Him, that can reach past any, any kind of uh, appetites, any kind of motivation, any kind of uh, loves in our life. God has a way, He has this place that He can reach past spiritually and touch us that nobody else can. And, and if you'll, you'll humor me for a second, I feel like before I got saved, I didn't even know what that, I didn't even know that part of me. I just done my thing, lived my life or whatever, but somehow God reached past into me and, and what, I, what I wondered about or what I tried to get away from, God touched and brought alive inside of me. And He touched me with great love and great forgiveness. And man, I'm telling you, that's when I really came alive. I said that thing earlier about us praising the Lord, you know, and us reaching out and touch Him. I can take you to, to points and times where I just reached out, just out of, of faith or desperation, and I can tell you that I felt Him reach back and touch me. Some of the times it was really planned, and some of the times it wasn't. God is able to reach deep inside of us and touch our hearts to bring us fully alive in Him. 
It's beautiful and wonderful what God can do, what we will trust Him with and allow Him to do. He will turn us upside down, mold us and shape us. And what's so wonderful is, is that there's life beyond what we ever thought it would be. There's a newness inside of us, more than what we ever considered that could possibly be. There's sometimes that I just, I just revel in God because I'm like, you're bigger than what I thought you were. You're more amazing than, than I ever had capacity to realize. And he touches me and he brings me to life. He's God. He's so amazing and he's so wonderful. So wonderful. You don't have to, I know the pastor already said this, but you don't have to, to, to rely on somebody's doctrine or somebody's five steps necessarily to know God. You don't have to rely on people to tell you and explain to you how awesome he is. He's God in a way that he can touch your life and, and show up firsthand, first person, right inside of your heart and life. And the awesome thing is it's always better than what somebody said. It's always greater than somebody's plan. It's always more awesome. God is incredible. God is so wonderful. I want to share with you this. Just like, you know, just like that, you know, there's a, a small window of time for the, for the heart. When you get that heart transplant, there's a small window of time that we have to move on and we have to, you know, we have to use it. There's certain things that the heart needs to keep it alive. And for us, this spiritual heart, so to speak, that we have, we have to have continually have touches. We have, continually have to have something new inside of us to keep it alive, to keep it vibrant. You've, you've been around somebody that just got a fresh touch from God, and you've also been around somebody that hadn't had one in a long time. If, you, if you're around them for too long, you can see, you know, in some respects, you can see the difference. It's important, just like the heart can start to fail in a physical sense, your spiritual heart can start to dim and it can start to fail. God is so incredible and so, so awesome. I went several years back. And what the cool thing is, is, is God spoke to me this week, and, and I told you the deal about, you know, I didn't talk to the pastor about this. I believe it was Tuesday this past week, the Lord spoke to me, and he showed me a picture of, of a man. And he said, look at him and, and think about it. And, and I'll tell you the story of the man. I went to a funeral several years back, and, and the man that was in the, uh, the man that, that the funeral was, and, and it wasn't our church or anybody connected to us, so, so if I say something offensive, you know, it wasn't your relative because they're not connected to us in any possible way. <clears throat> Just a, what do they call that? Safety net, something like that you throw out there just to make sure nobody gets mad because you think I'm talking about you or something or somebody in your family. <clears throat> but anyhow, went to this funeral. It's a lovely funeral. And the man was a part of like a, uh, he was part of like a, uh, it's like an order, like a, a society, a brotherhood, you know, one of these deals where, you know, you, you adhere to the bylaws and, you know, you become a brother and you get the benefits of the brotherhood, you know, some kind of, you know, order. I don't know what you call them, but it's like, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things, you know, you got sometimes you swear to secrecy and all that kind of stuff, some kind of order. Well, anyhow, this particular gentleman, he was a, a part of that. And they had this ceremony where, where a group of people walked in and they were dressed a certain way and they presented themselves a certain way. 
they walked to the front, and they, I think they stood in a line. You know, I'm kind of vague on the details, but they kind of stood in some kind of line. And one particular gentleman, he had a little book in his hand. And he got up, and he opened the book, and he read, and it was very, you know, our brother has departed on to the great yonder. It is something like that, and uh, the wild blue yonder, or something like that. I don't know. But anyhow... And he talked about God and prayer and all this stuff, and it was just like very dramatic. And he got done with it, and 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 <clears throat> maybe maybe it's my pride or whatever. But I just looked at him and thought that he he said all that stuff. He said the right spiritual words, and it was you know it was cool. But I I didn't feel nothing in that whatsoever. I didn't feel no heart. And if you're like me, you know, you could just say, well, you know, it wasn't, uh, you could just say that, well, that particular group of people, you know, they're not godly anyway, and it's dark and and whatever, and it would be easy to say that. But there was no heart in it. I wasn't wasn't touched by the words, and I thought, that guy's saying all that stuff, but does he even realize what he's saying? And the Lord spoke to me this week and he took me and I saw that guy. I saw the picture of that guy. I haven't thought about that. I haven't thought about that in years. But all of a sudden he said, look at him. And I looked. And, and I could tell you exactly what he had on, the whole garb and everything. He said, now look back. He said, what if I told you that the words that he read out of that book were actually something that I inspired? I thought, wow, okay. He said, just because it didn't mean a whole lot now doesn't mean that at some point it didn't. And I got to thinking about that, about the the ritual of it, the energy and the effort that somebody put in, and they said, we're going to do it this way and do it this way. There there was a a strategic step-by-step play, you know, order to things to make it sound really important. And I thought... He was like, it's become a ritual now. It's just a ritual. And I thought about the man, and I thought, probably what's happened is somebody gave him the book. You know, he, he got some kind of rank and file or something, and somebody gave him the book and said, here, this is what you're supposed to read. And he read it. But the heart wasn't there. Something had gotten disconnected. It, it, I'm sure at one time it was very important, very, very important, but now it had lost its meaning and lost its heart. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're the same way. You could be the same way. Christians could be exactly the same way. And I began to think about it. And the first thing, obviously, that jumped in my mind was the religious order of of the time of Jesus. They had the right garb. They had the right book. They had all the right things that would make them somebody important. But their heart had went in another direction. It became a, a ritual and a form that they just got to follow and they... Okay, it was almost like going to work. They went and punched in. Oh, okay, i got to do this, this, and this today. I've done this a million times. And it became so normal and so ritualistic that it lost all of its effectiveness. And you kind of look at it, and it actually, the importance started to shift to them. They, the, the, the heart behind it wasn't important anymore. The ritual was, or the person was. And everything got shifted out of whack, and, and, and they got off track. And I say that, Because we can be in the same place 
We can so easily get into the normalcy of life, the day in and day out, and where we're touched by God and where He's ministered to our heart and brought us alive. And with the fire of, of the Holy Spirit, we can turn those things into rituals and things we just do step by step and day by day. We can think of, oh yeah, man, that was a great time we had back then a few years ago. But God is alive right now. God is alive right now. He's able to touch and minister inside of our hearts and bring us alive right now. To me, the message is simple. Just like the pastor said, I said, look at God. Look at Him. Take the time to, to get away from everything else and to put all the stuff off to the side, to the left and the right, and look at Him. If you'll take a good, honest look at Him, you'll see who He is and He'll start to touch your heart and touch your life. Young people, if you ever wonder, you're going to have a lot of people in your life that are going to tell you everything. If you're like me, you'll probably be scared and wonder, is God real? Is He going to come through? Is it going to be okay? Let me tell you something. If you will take a good, honest look at Him and you'll put down everything else, you'll get yourself in a place where you look right at God. I don't care what happens. If you'll get before Him and be honest, you'll see God start to move and work in your life. You'll see Him touch you. He's alive. The, 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 the challenge for us to, is that at every day we reach, every day we look, Every day we find places and times where we can push aside everything else, our religious duty. We might have gotten really comfortable with our five scriptures and our ten minutes of prayer, but find a way that that doesn't just become the routine and mundane in our life. God's, the, the Bible talks about He's the daily bread. He says, give us this day our daily bread. He has what we need to sustain us right here and right now, and he, we, can, we can have Him. We can have, be touched and blessed. I'm so, I love coming to church because the thing about it is, is you can just come in and just look around and be like, I don't know what's going to happen. Something incredible could happen today that would be the best thing that's ever happened in the history of man. It can happen any day. I've had wonderful times where uh, one time I was at a hotel and I was hanging out in the hotel room. We were doing some kind of thing with the youth. I just thought, man, I haven't prayed. I need to pray. So I went down in the lobby of the hotel and they had like a, in the lobby, they had a place where you could eat, and it was closed down. So I just walked over, they had some tables and chairs. I just walked over, pulled out a chair, and, and I sat down, and I was just like, I just started talking to the Lord. Until this day, that sticks out to me, is one of the greatest times that I've ever had with the Lord. It's monumental, but, but really it just comes down to, it, it wasn't the, the place or the time and all that stuff. It was really just an open opportunity for me to reach out and just say, God, here I am. God is so wonderful and so amazing. We just need to remember to remember who He is and have something that's alive here and right now that God can touch you and deal with you on. It can't be get to where it's, it's religion and, and ritual because that is totally crazy. Two points I want to make about that. And the, the pastor kind of said this this morning, but I just want to remind us, I got the thing, and what is it that causes us to have an alive heart that has a connection with God that's just on fire? What causes that to slowly dim? And I just thought of these two things. One is, is that we fill our life full of other things. 
worldly things, busy things. The Bible talks about, you know, to do everything in moderation. You know, somebody will yank that scripture out. Let's talk about drinking, you know, moderation in everything. The best things out of balance can become sin. They can become damaging to your spiritual walk. We live in a world where everything is, is this far away from us. We can have almost anything. They'll bring food to your house, every movie, every TV show, everything in the world almost that you can want. You can have it at your fingertips in a second. Our life gets so full of this world and all of its conveniences. But I'm afraid that those are one of the things that, that take our time from the Lord. That take our time from the Lord and our, our relationship isn't alive like it used to be. And I've seen where people... They got caught in a, a ritual, in the routine of things. They just did, just did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, go to church, go to church. And the relationship started to dim. Their, their heart started to dim. And then when bad things happen, they get mad. Where's God at? Where's He at? Why did He let all this stuff happen? I've seen people walk away from the church and it was God's. They said it was God's fault. But if you look in their lives, sometimes they let so much things come in that the, the God that they said was in their heart, it's come weak. Their hearts become so weak that they're easily pulled out into some other kind of stuff. And the other thing, the pastor hit this big, the thing that causes our heart to dim is trying to make God somebody else. Try to, try to make God somebody else. Have you ever taken a box? Have you ever taken a box and just crammed up full of a bunch of stuff you had to put away for storage? You know, maybe Christmas... Christmas decorations or something like that. Took a box and crammed it full of stuff. And I'm like, you know, if you're like me, you're like, I can get one more thing in there. And you cram it in there, and poof, you know, and then the side burst open. We, we treat God like that. We try to uh, push a sin in there. It'll be okay. Or we take some, some political thing or some lifestyle choices or something. People in the world do this a lot. They put that in and they, they try so hard to create who their God is going to be until the until it bursts open and then it's useless for nothing. We have a whole world like that. And I think about it and I'm like, if we could just take that same, uh, that same effort, that same energy, and just say, God, I'm going to make myself available to you. I'm going to work this hard on making myself available to you and to see what God can do. It. And like I said, when you give Him the place, Him the time, God starts to touch you and you start to realize he was bigger than what I was trying to make him. He's greater than all that stuff that I was trying to make myself happy with. He's so big and he's so awesome. He touches our hearts, touches our lives. He's real. He's so real. The greatest experience that I've ever had with God could be in the next five minutes. It could be tomorrow. It could be the day after. He's so wonderful. In the beginning, God, he's bigger than all this. He's outside of time and place. And your circumstance, regardless of how crazy it is, he's bigger than that. He's, he's more powerful than that. He stands outside of it all. He's so great and so wonderful. Hallelujah. There is Psalm 86 and 8. Again, it says, There is none, uh, none like unto you among the gods. O Lord, neither are there works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and fall before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and work wonders. You alone are God. 
God has done so much to touch our life, to, to remind us, to call us back. He's sent the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. He brings us to a church like this and, and gives the pastor a wonderful word this morning. Can, could you make any argument that, that what the pastor said this morning wasn't straight from God? It was just wonderful. God can send and touch your life and pull you back, shock your heart, so to speak. Listen to this. Luke 22 and 17, and this is communion. It says, Then he took up the cup and gave thanks, thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took the bread and gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And he goes on to say that this in remembrance. He knew. God knew. He, God was setting up through Jesus. He was setting up communion here. He knew that we would get distance and we would get busy. Our, our human nature would start to take over and we'd get full of doing all kinds of things. He said, do this. He said, do this in remembrance of me. You ever think about communion? That it comes down to it, we're like, you, you know, we have the, the, the bread and the cup. His body was broken. We eat, the, we eat the bread that represents the body. We think, man, that was graphic. We drink the juice which represents his blood, you know. Like, wow, man, why is that so graphic? Part of the reason why it's so graphic is to remind us that we would never forget what Jesus did that we wouldn't treat it casually or, or it turn into a, a ritual itself, like, oh yeah, we do that sometimes. That it, you see it, you feel it, you experience it all over again. What's awesome, Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul even adds to it and he says, hey, before you do this, take time, examine yourselves. Don't do this out of the wrong heart or the wrong mind. He's even warning us again, pay attention. Give this thing reverence. Don't just roughshod through this. Remember, remember, remember. He's telling us to remember. In our hearts and in our lives, the best thing we can do is to find places and times and say, God, here I am. What, I, uh, I'm going to close up here in just a second. I was amazed. I said over here as the pastor's spoke this morning and he talked about a look. It was a, it was a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting in my basement and I was writing some prayers to the Lord. And I just thought about so many people miss Him. There's so many people out there that are just like, where's God at? I don't see Him. I just thought I was sitting in, in a dimly lit room by myself and it just came to me. I just thought, you know what, I could look this way and see something that God's blessed me with and I, I know He's here. I could look this way and see somebody that He's put in my life and I just know that He's here. And I thought, you know what, I could look straight ahead and in a spiritual sense, I could look right to Him. I know He's here. But then it even dawned on me, I have the ability to look because God's given it to me. He's so incredible. He's so wonderful. He's real. God is amazing. He wants to touch your life.
He wants it to be uh, uh, having a live relationship with you as much as you've ever had. He wants it to be alive. and He wants you to find places and times where you just like, you're, you're just in all of Him. He wants to show up and bring you to life. He wants you to have life and, and have it more abundantly. He wants to bless you and He wants to touch your life. Take the moment, take the opportunity, if you'll stand with me. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing that kept God from sending His Son Jesus to die on a cross to pay for our sins. He wanted to show us how awesome He is. He wanted you to know that God is alive and that He's not held back, but He's able to touch your life. Jesus died. He came to this earth and He died on the cross because God wanted to touch your life. He wanted to bring you fully alive. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here tonight and you do not have an active relationship with God, if, you, if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, the Savior of your heart, I want to pray for you. If you would like to pray a prayer with all of us here in this church, we want to pray because we want you to start this relationship with God. If that's you and you're here tonight, everybody's heads are bowed, eyes are closed, just out of respect if you want to make a decision. If that's you, will you, you raise your hand and say, yeah, I, I want to pray. Is there anybody at all? There's one. Is there anybody else? You're in a place. Maybe you did have an awesome, vibrant relationship with the Lord at some time, but you've let it get cold. You've let your heart go dim. And you're not, a, you're not alive, so to speak, spiritually anymore. And you're, you found yourself in a place where you, you've done the things. You've walked away. You're living a different life now. But you want to come back. Is there anybody else that wants to pray and say, God, here I am. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. We've got two. Is there anybody else? All right. We're all going to pray this together. And we're going to let people, we're going to let people be honest before God and let them ask that their sins be forgiven and that the Lord Jesus will become Lord of their life. If you would, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, my heart has been dark, dark with sin. I've been separated from God Himself, but God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me, that I would be forgiven, and that I would be connected to God. That I would be able to call Him Jesus, Lord of my life. I give Him my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate. Amen. If our pastors would come up, I want to give you a quick opportunity. I talked about two things and... and and maybe this is where you are. 
Maybe you feel, maybe you're the person that you've gotten really busy. And God wants to deal with your heart and you want to get some things straight. Or maybe you're somebody that, that you've tried to make God into something that he's not. Maybe that's you. But I also want to give a general invitation to everybody to come a moment. Because God can touch your heart and touch your life in the next few, just a couple of minutes. And bring something alive in you that maybe was dim. He can give you the greatest experience with him ever. There's an opportunity. Let's take the opportunity. And then besides that, Matthew 6 and 11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. If you've come into the house tonight and you just haven't eaten, and you're like, I need prayer. I've come on purpose. I want to pray I want to get with one of these pastors. If that's you, you can come down and pray. But it's a general, general altar call. Everybody come and find a place where you and God can just, you can reach Him and He can reach you. The altar's open. Please come, find a place. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as these come, God, I pray that you would challenge us in our hearts and lives. Then when we get up tomorrow, God, we don't get up to the same routine. It's the same automatic thing, but God, we get up on purpose. On purpose to connect with you, to find you. God, to have an experience with you, Lord, where you'll become real inside of us. And you'll stir us. God, to take us into our life, Lord, on purpose lit up with your Holy Spirit and with your fire and power. God, I just pray that you would direct us, Lord. Be with us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
you would. If you'd all stand with me, we're going to pray one more time. If you're in the altar, you can keep praying. You need to keep praying, that's fine. Let's just pray and ask God to be with us. The wonderful thing, as, as incredible and amazing as God is right here in this moment, He's God tomorrow. He's God the next day. But just make time, keep it alive. God touch us. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, tonight, God, we're kind of packing up the service. But God, we're not putting you on the shelf until next week. God, we're opening up our hearts and our lives. And we ask, Lord, that we find you at every turn. That you'd help us to be open to you, Lord, that, that you can move and work on our lives. So we can have the most wonderful and beautiful relationship with you every day. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you'd go with us. You'd take care of us, Lord, once again. We thank you for being with our pastor. God, we just pray that you would take care of him, Lord, and work out all the details, Lord, surrounding this issue. We praise you and we thank you and we give you all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you this week. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.